Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his newsmaking interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday via podcastone.com and, of course, Apple Podcast, and now totally free and shows available via Spotify as well. You don't even need a subscription to Spotify in order to listen to the podcast that way. However you connect, thank you for doing so around the world and checking out my podcast, which of course has new episodes each and every Thursday and available totally free. As I just mentioned on the outlets that I just mentioned, we are in crazy times. My friends, I do not need to tell you that wherever you are listening to this podcast, you are no doubt impacted and affected by the global pandemic known as COVID or of course, coronavirus. And I hope wherever you are and whatever you are dealing with, I truly hope that you are safe and your families are safe and you take this quite seriously. I know that a lot of of us uh, tend to think that the media overhypes things and uh, things can become big overreactions and all that. And I understand the feeling for that, but this is quite serious and it is impacting the world unlike anything I've ever seen, and I'm sure for many of you, anything like you've ever seen as well. It is just crazy. I mean, things are shut down pretty much around the world. Here in the U.S., of course, uh, we are in the throes of it at the moment with major cities shut down and the touring industry, needless to say, and the music industry completely shut down. Things being canceled now into May or postponed. And just everybody having to stay home. And that's a wise thing to do. It really is. At the time that I'm doing this podcast open, it was just announced that a producer by the name of Andrew Watt that I know for many years who did the new Ozzy record and is just 29 years old. You know, there's this theory out there that if you're young, this isn't really going to have a big impact on you and you're resilient to it and what have you. Well, Andrew's 29, no underlying conditions, never left his studio. And he has been battling now for a couple weeks the coronavirus. So it is all over the place. If you read his post on Instagram, I think it's very important to take to heart because you can say, well, I'm risking my own thing if I go out or interact with people. But you're not. You're risking others because it's so easily passed along. So 
look, you've, you've heard enough about this from probably enough people at this point. I know you come to me for the rock news, the rock interviews, and I'm, so I'm not going to pound on about it, but it has been a major, major, major thing, of course, around the globe, and we are right in the heart of it. We have seen it wreak havoc on touring, entertainment, any of the services like, um, you know, things like restaurants and theaters and venues and people that work on road crews and people that work in those environments just be decimated, their income be decimated, their opportunities to make money. So it is a it is a big, big problem on a lot of different levels that hopefully by everybody doing the right thing, the social distancing, the sanitizing will hopefully pass quicker than not. It has had a major impact on me in terms of how I do my radio show, as I mentioned to you guys every week, the interviews you hear here on this podcast originate on my Sirius XM radio show, which up until a few days ago, I've done live every day pretty much for over three years. Well, that is now changed because the headquarters for Sirius XM are in New York City, and New York City is basically under lockdown. So producers and myself, we cannot physically get into the studio to do a radio show. Even though I have a home studio and work from home, my producer has to go into the building to run the controls and screen phone calls and what have you. So now all of that has gone by the wayside, and I have to do radio in a pre-recorded mode every day, much like I do this podcast, but really just talking for two hours and working off of listener emails because I can't interact with them because I'm unable to do the show live. So it's a you know strange, strange times and serious times not to be taken lightly what we are dealing with here. And I wish everybody around the globe safe, health, and all the best to you and your families. And let's weather this thing and get through it and hopefully get back to normal life very, very soon. But you know, everything's canceled. I mean, it's it's uh, it's easier to talk about things that are happening than aren't because there's basically nothing that isn't postponed. And the real question is going to be, how long does this continue? Because major events and festivals really start to ramp up in May. And if this projects out into that period of time, then we are going to be looking at you know, serious implications for even more touring and major events being taken down because of the coronavirus. Look, you got to err on the side of caution no matter what, and the side of safety and the side of health. But if this goes more deeply than it's already projected and we don't get a handle on it now, the impact on touring is going to be gargantuan. It already is. So everybody do the right thing. Maybe we'll come out the other side. Uh, in a better place and all of this behind us. Keep an eye on your local news. Keep an eye on what's going on and listen to what the authorities tell you. And hopefully better things are ahead quickly for everyone. So, you know, the deal um, connect with me on social media now more than ever Twitter at Eddie trunk, because things are fluid, changing, moving, and I'll keep you up to date as best I can with what's happening in my world, in the music world. My Twitter feed, where I am most active, there's also an Instagram, at Eddie Trunk, fan page on Facebook, and, of course, eddietrunk.com. 
But some stuff that I have had cancel on me even that was coming up, and we'll keep you posted the best I can through social media as we move forward. Before we get to this week's interview, I want to tell you about Keeps. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. Some good news for you, though. With today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Plus, Keeps now offers a prescription shampoo to keep your scalp healthy, too. Prevention, it's key. Keeps treatments, they really work. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. I know I wish I would add Keeps 20 years ago. <laughs> so act fast. Many men even experience hair growth with Keeps treatments. Keeps, they've revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. Thanks to Keeps, you don't, have to, you don't have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now you can visit a doctor online and get your hair loss medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms, no more pharmacy checkout lines, doctor attention, discreet drug delivery. It's all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Five-star reviews for Keeps across the board. Treatments start at just 10 bucks a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. It's a hell of a deal for keeping your hair. So, you got to check out Keeps. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash trunk. That, of course, my last name, T-R-U-N-K. You'll get your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. Keeps.com slash trunk. Go there a month free. You'll get all the information. And hey, if you need to keep your hair, you'll keep your hair. Or at least most of you will. 90%, man. That's a hell of a rate there. Keeps. Check it out. Okay. So today's uh, interview or this week's interview on the podcast, we will definitely get some distance from the whole coronavirus madness because today, <laughs> we are talking to Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent. Been a while since I had Ted Nugent on my radio show. And of course, you know all of the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk podcast originate on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation. Which you can hear 2 to 4 and 10 to midnight Eastern on channel 106. Ted Nugent has been on my show in the past. He is always a blast to talk to. Whenever I do anything with Ted, it's always quite polarizing. I will no doubt hear from people and get an email or something saying, oh, I don't want to hear that guy. You're going to get into politics. Folks, I have never talked to you about politics on any of my radio shows. I don't believe in doing that. 
I believe in you making your own decisions politically, not based on what some celebrity or somebody tells you you should think. But Ted Nugent is a great personality, an extremely underrated guitar player, an extreme lover of rock music, and a very entertaining guy to talk rock music with. It had been a while since he'd been on, and... I enjoyed the conversation you are about to hear greatly, as I'm sure you will as well, because we talk nothing but about his bands, his music, and rock in general. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and I think you will enjoy it. I think people often forget just how big Ted Nugent was in the 70s, the impact he made, the influence he had on others. Look, I don't agree with every position he has on everything, but I do respect him greatly as a musician and as a rock historian. Ted has a tour coming up later this year. We're assuming that is still going to happen. It's still a bit down the line. Every tour you have to question at this point, just given what's going on with this virus, but hopefully Ted will, you know, things will subside and he'll be able to go out on the road and do the tour. You're about to hear him talk about. So Ted Nugent, the motor city madman is my guest on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Enjoy. It's coming up in just a minute. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, I got to tell you about Raycon. You know, it's a wireless world. Everybody's got the wireless earbuds, the wireless earphones. Man, I remember when... uh, Apple took the headphone jack out of their phones and people went crazy, myself included, not realizing that everything was about to go Bluetooth. So as usual, Apple was ahead of the curve on that, knowing what was going on. So you want some great earbuds, right? You don't want to go broke trying to get them. You'd love to get some wireless great earbuds and not break the bank and drop hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a pair. Well, if that's the case, you need to check out Raycon. Now, I don't like earbuds because they usually fall out of my ear and I don't find them comfortable. Raycon is different. You can size them. There's different sizing uh, devices or rings in there so you can make them fit and fit comfortably and stay in. They're also about half the price of any other premium wireless earbud on the market. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbud, it's their best ones yet. Eight hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, great bass. You always want some great bass when you're listening to good hard rock. More compact design and a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon wireless earbuds, they're comfortable. They're perfect for on-the-go listening and even taking phone calls. I'm telling you, the biggest thing for me is the comfort and the sound, and those are the two biggest things you want in earbuds, right? And unlike some of the other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. You heard me talk about these before in the past. It's really great stuff. It really is. Try them out. You'll love listening to music on these things. You'll love the comfort. You'll love the price. You'll love the sound and the convenience. And now, right now, You can get the latest and greatest from Raycon and get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash trunk. That's buyraycon, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash trunk. 15% off an already great price 
for some great Raycon wireless earbuds. Again, that email, uh, that website address, buyraycon.com slash trunk, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N, buyraycon.com slash trunk. On the next episode of Expeditiously. Please, everybody, welcome Mr. Tyler Perry. What's up? What's, What's going up, on, bro? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. At, at your meteoric rise, man, to success uh, has not come without some level of criticism. Some? You being polite. Tyler Perry on the next episode of Expeditiously with T.I. My sacrifice comes on the end because it's part of my catalog. Okay. So that's where my value is. It's not. I'm not making the money up front. It's in the long game, right? right. So if you go in there and you're looking for the bag, then great. You go buy your Bentley, your Rolls Royce, great. That's all. It's over with. That's wonderful. You had, it, but but then what you've done is signed it all away. Right. They own you, and they're never going to give you an opportunity to be in that position again. Don't miss the next episode of Expeditiously with special guest Tyler Perry. The episode drops Thursday, March 19th. Expeditiously with T.I. Now available on Spotify, the podcast on app and Apple Podcasts. Is Medea really dead? That's it, man. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This week, talking to the Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent. Talking rock with Ted. This interview happened a couple weeks ago on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, on Channel 106 Volume. Enjoy with Ted Nugent. You just get out of the way and let him go. (laughs) So here he is. Uncle Ted, how are you, buddy? I'm doing so good and stupid. God bless you, you rock and roll motherfucker. Eddie Trump, you deserve me, man. <laughs> I do deserve you. We all deserve Ted Nugent. We all need a little Ted Nugent. We all need to hear that that beautiful guitar fired up in the summertime, and you're going to be doing that coming up very soon, right? Yeah, you know, I play this damn Gibson Birdland every day, Eddie. It. I'm playing stuff that God hasn't authorized yet. I mean, I pick up that guitar. It's such a unique instrument that even at the tender age of 71, it's like my every time I grab my Gibson, it's like my first piece of ass. It's just absolutely out of body. So, yeah, I love it now more than ever with Jason Hartless on drums and Greg Smith on the bass guitar. The world's greatest music lovers show up every night. I'm a lucky, lucky son of a bitch. And the band... God help me. The band has never been tighter. The music has never been more fun. The songs have a life of their own. I'm I'm just a lucky, lucky guitar guy, man. I got a chance to see and hang with uh, your rhythm section recently. We were on a rock cruise together. I saw Greg and talked to him for a little bit. They really are. I mean, to go out as you've been doing, Ted, now for a while and playing as a trio, look, you're going to hold down the guitar and the vocals just fine, but you really need to have a rhythm section like that to really make a trio work, don't you? Absolutely. Well, you know, you celebrate that every day. Music is such a big part of your life and my life and everybody's life. It's the soundtrack to, you know, the roller coaster ride that this this incredible American dream and beyond represents. But what Greg on bass guitar and Jason on drums represent, we've talked about this before, which is why we enjoy talking about music together, because we, we both love it to the core. But stop and think, Eddie, going back to 1954, 1955, I was just a little boy in Detroit. 
And I had a neighbor that played drums, and we just kind of blasted Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and Ventures music, and God knows what other kind of noise we could come up with. But I got to tell you, you stop and look at my bandmates for the last 50-plus years. I mean, we're talking Tommy Clefettos and Carmine Apice and Tommy Aldridge. We're talking Denny Carmasi. We're talking Marco Mendoza. I mean, we're talking Barry Sparks. We're talking the greatest drummers that have, and bass players that have ever walked the planet, and they're in my band. I said it to you last time, if I wasn't in this band, I would buy tickets every night just to watch these guys, because they, they are just pure animals, plus not just the talent, but they love this shit. They can't wait to play my songs. They they can't wait to play my songs almost as ferociously as I can't wait to play my songs. So it's really uh, it's a perfect storm every night. So God bless Greg and Jason and all these unbelievable musicians that I've been able to collaborate with over the years. Am I am, am I am I the number one luckiest guitar player in the world? Shouldn't there be a category for that? Wouldn't I walk <laughs> away with the gold? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you bring you bring up a great point because you you have played with so many people and had so many great musicians in your band over the many many decades that you've done it. And you know, it, it brings me back to think of like you talk about the Birdland, right? Which is such a signature guitar for you. But over the years, we all know Ted throughout the decades. All the, the trends have changed, the looks have changed, and what have you, and your band members have changed. But but talk about some of the changes that you went through in the decades of making this music, because the core of your set list today is still probably what you were playing back in the mid-70s, but you've got different players interpreting it differently. Uh, maybe you've got, you yourself have probably played some different guitars and instruments the way you've approached it. You've come back to the Birdland now the way you've done it. But but talk about the evolution and where we're at now because you've been playing so many of these songs for decades now with different people and, and, and how that whole that whole thing has progressed. I mean, I'm sure there's been some interesting turns in there. Hey, Eddie, there's been some interesting times in that, yes. You might, you might say that. Lewis and Clark had nothing on me. I am Sacagawea. I, I, you know, we're talking about the history. I still play the song from Double Live Gonzo, Baby, Please Don't Go, which I happened to play with my first band in Detroit in 1958 called the Royal High Boys. We played Baby, Please Don't Go. So how many years ago is that? 60 years ago. But the song is timeless. And you know, you play the music on the radio every day. People tune in to listen to these songs. Songs, killer songs, authoritative, emotional, outrageous, fun, serious, you know, genuine, every, every, every possible human category in, in human experience is covered by a song, by music. You know, I when I play when I play Baby Please Don't Go sixty some years later, when I play stuff off the new album, the music made me do it where I pay tribute to Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. Those licks and when my hands hit the guitar and, and Jason starts slamming the drums and Greg is just pummeling my inner sanctum with the bass guitar, it, 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 it's I use the term samurai. It's out of body. 
it, it's timeless. When I play, when I when I whip into a, the original honky tonk, every every guitar player starts with honky tonk and boogie woogie. And within the structure of our favorite songs, I don't care if it's ACDC or it's Aerosmith or ZZ Top or Cheap Trick, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's Green Day or Metallica, you will hear honky tonk licks. You'll hear boogie-woogie licks, they may have, we bastardized them at will, but the foundation is still that grinding rhythm that was, has it really been, has it really been improved from what Little Richard did? Has anybody beat Little Richard at the grind and the groove and the drive and the pummeling? And I think the answer is no. We, 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 we aspire to get that energy and that piss and vinegar, and we do a damn good job at all the bands I just mentioned, all the bands that you love, all the bands that everybody loves, still deliver that piss and vinegar and that drive and grind. But it did start when I was born, and Les Paul had just electrified the damn heretofore background guitar. It used to be a strumming, you know, a background rhythmical instrument. And then... then uh, Les Paul electrified it, and all of a sudden Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and, and The Ventures and Lonnie Mack and Dwayne Eddy, all of a sudden they're going, damn, you can get some nasty-ass sounds out of this son of a bitch if you turn up the treble, you turn up the volume, get a little bit of distortion. And so the adventure, it, it, it erupted back then after Les Paul electrified it. So yeah, I play PRS guitars, I got some killer Les Pauls. I, I played Fender Strats on uh, Working Hard, Playing Hard. I think that was on the Cat Scratch record. So I've always got an arsenal of just killer, killer, world-class American craftsman guitars on my, at my side at all times. But when I, you know, I, I cut wood this morning. I, I cut down some trees that round my fence, and I cut logs, and I split the logs, and I'm whacking away like Jeremiah Johnson, like I'm a rancher or something, which, by the way, I am a rancher. And right. I stacked my logs, and I'm using my hands, and I'm beating myself up. I put the dogs back in the kennels, give them some biscuits, of course, and I come in the house. There's there's six bird lambs, including, are you ready, Eddie? A brand-new, perfect 1965 Gibson bird lamb, as if it just came off the assembly line that I got from a great guy in North Dakota just two weeks ago. And when I picked that son of a bitch up, because, I, because I've been doing earthly, you know, chores, mechanical, wrenching, chainsaws, axes and hatchets and crowbars, because I've been doing manual labor, I pick up that guitar, and I, and I suppose you could you could metaphorically speak that the mechanical, earthly, you know, woodworking, hammering, chainsawing, wood-splitting work, all of a sudden it has a sound to it. It makes, it makes licks. It makes patterns. And I played it this morning, and I tell you, I have to record some of this stuff because I played all these new rhythms and all these new grinding licks, and I can't wait to record this stuff because it's always fresh because I... I still love it. I, I'm still just dangerously passionate about it. And the Gibson Birdland with that spruce breathing voice, it's a hand-carved arch-top jazz guitar that if you just play the opening of Stranglehold or any of my licks, there's just no guitar on the planet that sounds like that. And it makes you play that way. Yeah, we've talked 
talked about this before, but it's it's in the it's in the balls, it's in the heart, it's in the belly, it's in the spirit, but it, ultimately it's in the hands. And if your hands can deliver what's going through your mind and your spirit or your balls, um, and it can come out on the guitar, you got some killer shit happening right there. So that's that's still the procedure all these years later, and I still and I'm lucky. I thank God every day for that. You know, you bring up a great point. I was just talking to a bunch of guitar players and musicians at the NAMM show in, in uh, California earlier oh, this year. Way, I missed the NAMM show. Eddie, you and I, right now, I talked to Jason and Greg. I haven't been to the NAMM show in years. I'm coming. i got to come and fondle instruments. i got to... Every one of my <laughs> bandmates, every damn Yankee, every bandmate I've ever had a jam with, they're all at NAMM and I'm not there. Eddie Trunk... I'm, you and I are going to walk the floor in Nam in 2021. <laughs> Case closed. All right. I want to do it. I'd love to do that with you. But I was talking to other guitar players there, and, and it was it's interesting you bring this up about guitar sounds and playing because they were all talking, telling stories about how they had heard other players and they would go and look at the guitar rig and they try to figure out, okay, he's got this and that, and uh, why can't I sound like that? And they all came back to saying the same thing. It, you can do, you can copy somebody right down to exactly the instrument and the amp and the the pedal board or whatever. But at the end of the day, it really does come from the fingers. It really does come from the player. Yeah, I, I, I refer once again. To, I use the word samurai. I think Eddie Trunk is a samurai radio guy. <laughs> I think I think your radio career is like a samurai guy because you put your heart and soul into it. You love it. You don't you don't have a script. Somebody didn't tell you no. how to promote the songs you love. You really love you really love the songs. You really right. love the sound of the drums and the bass. You don't have to put yeah. on any any bullshit. Well. Guitar playing, and again, again, from Dave Amato and and and, and, and Billy Gibbons and and, uh, and and geez, I could name Derek St. Holmes and Brad Whitford, and just name all the great Eddie Van Halen. You just name every great, great guitar player, and they will tell you that the reason they leave an imprint on the listener, and we could name thousands that do, and we love them all from all different styles and tones and, and note approaches and technic- technical attack on the instrument. But it, I think the word samurai describes all your favorite musicians. When they pick up that, uh, we'll stick with guitars for a minute, but I think it, it applies to all instruments. But when you pick up that guitar, it, it's you, you're different than before you picked up the guitar. We love it so much that when we pick it up, we have, I have a Ted Nugent individual, independent vision of what my ears want out of my fingers and that my instrument. So you're right. I'll plug into a magnetone amp or a Fender amp or a Marshall amp or it doesn't matter what kind of amp, and I'll pick up Eddie Van Halen's guitar out of that crazy amp that he invented, and I'll start playing my stuff without changing any settings at all. It sounds like me. And, and when Eddie picked up the Birdland, he started playing, even though the feedback was eating his face, because the Birdland just feed, it feeds back uncontrollably <laughs> if you don't stand in the right position. Wait, wait, wait. So, Ted, let me stop you there a second. So tell me about that. There was a time where Eddie, you and Eddie Van Halen traded guitars, and he tried to play the Birdland? Absolutely. It's when the, Ed, Van Halen, it was their first tour, I think it was 78. Was it 78 when their album came out? 77, 78? Yeah, yeah, but 78. opening up for my tour. It was the biggest tour on planet Earth. I was a bad motherfucker in that 
1978. And uh, and I, I heard all about this Eddie Van Halen guy, and they're out there doing a sound check because we always let guys do sound checks. We want them to have a good checking of their sound. And I'm listening to guys, and of course they're just world class musicians, Alex and and Michael and Eddie and, and David's a riot, and they're out there with this brand new thing called Van Halen, and it was it was a monster, an absolute musical moment, was it not? And I'm listening to this screaming high end. He had a little bit of phaser going on, and he had some kind of electronic warfare going with his amplifier that he he completely. <laughs> He tore apart and rebuilt. He's just an electronic maniac. And I'm listening, I'm going, God damn, what what kind of instrument and amp is that son of a bitch using? So I went out to watch those guys, and they stopped right away and went, Jack Nugent! They wanted to come over, and they wanted to talk about the tour and the music and uh, the inspirations and the tone. He goes, how do you get that Birdland to sound like that? And I, I saw my Birdland's right there. I said, well, here, plug this son of a bitch in. We'll keep it in my Fender amps. And, of course, my Birdland feeds, even at a low volume, the Birdland wants to eat your face. It just starts feeding back like some kind of pissed-off rhino in heat, which is one of my favorite things in life. Pissed-off rhinos <laughs> in heat. I have three in the backyard right now. I ride them occasionally. Anyhow, so Eddie's playing, but once he got out of the way of the feedbacks, because the feedback will literally eat the notes you're trying to play. In other words, if the feedback is so strong, you can go for a, a scale in the key of B, but if the feedback is resonating in the, in the key of D, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So he positioned himself, and he started whipping out those mystical licks where he's done the double tap, the double hand thing. And it sounded just like him out of my rig. And I grabbed his strat, his mutilated, bastardized strat, through that outrageous gonzo homemade rig of his, and I started playing dog-eat-dog or cat-scratch or something. And it sounded just like me. So your point, it really is, if music is anything... It's not only the uh, the universal language, it's not just the universal communication to people from anywhere in the world at any time, but it's also a personal execution of the musician's sonic vision. And when you practice your balls off and you dedicate yourself to being the very best that you can be, which describes every musician that you and I love, that make the music that you and I love, it's you. It's not even the Fender or the Gibson or the PRS. Now it's you. It's it's you coming through your musical vision and attack of the instrument. And uh, you could have an amp and a guitar with, don't change any of the settings, and put ten of your favorite guitar players uh, on that set, and it'll sound just like each individual. So it, it is a mystical samurai um, adventure of self-expression, and it all comes, and th- going right back to my opening statement to you many years ago, we love the fucking music. So when you love it with all your heart and soul, you're going to put all your heart and soul into making your music, and, and that's why it's so contagious and so universal. We're going to talk about Ted's upcoming tour here in a second. But, Ted, one more thing on the past I wanted to ask you real quickly. So a lot of artists, you you mentioned 78 where you ruled the world, and I remember the Ted Nugent pinball machine, and you're playing stadiums. and uh, You, you know the slapping my steel balls all over the place, 
didn't you? Oh, was so great. Such a great machine as well. <laughs> yes. So, but but you know, the '80s were notoriously rough for artists that had big success in the '70s, trying to transition into that. But I remember you had a pretty fair amount of success in the '80s and made some records I liked a lot, like the record just called Nugent. You had a record called Penetrator. Remember, you had a great song called Tied Up in Love, uh, Little Miss Dangerous. There was a string I thought of really uh, great records and a really great run there for you in the 80s. What are your recollections about that period of time? And was it tough for you to make the adjustment to what was going on with MTV and radio and the, the move from the 70s into the 80s? My recollection of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, right up to 2020, my recollection is, damn, was I having a lot of fun. <laughs> That's my only recollection. I wasn't paying attention to album sales. You know, I again, I was baptized when this music was invented. I was born in 48, and I think that's about the time that this music was invented. It went from whatever Frank Sinatra and the guys were doing, lounge music, which is awesome, they were soulful, uh, to Peter, Paul, and Mary, um, whatever that was, that folky type stuff. And all of a sudden, there's the big old bass and drums and guitar. So I never thought, there was no such thing as a gold or platinum album. I never heard of a concert. I didn't know anything about an industry. I didn't know anything about making money. But making, In fact, I, I delivered newspapers and sold night crawlers to a bait shop to pay for my guitar strings. So I didn't know you could make money playing the guitar. I just knew that I had to express these musical visions that I, that I had. And I think that represents the best of the best musicians where they're driven just because of the music. So, to answer your question, Eddie, all I can remember is, God, have I had a good time or what? All right, so um, uh, the Ted Nugent, well, the Amboy Dukes, we sold, I don't know how many albums we sold before the Ted Nugent solo album, but I was so proud of those Amboy Duke records. I loved the music. And when people said, hey, they're playing it on the radio, I went, that's awesome. But that's not why we made it. We didn't make the music to sell them. I didn't, anyhow. I made the music so that we could express ourselves, and all of a sudden a guy comes back and goes, you know, Journey to the Center of the Mind is a hit. And I went, well, that's great! When's the next gig? So it's been just an absolute orgy of creating the music, collaborating with world-class musicians, looking at the, the, the pumping fists and the smiling and the dancing and the laughter and getting to the next gig. And there was a time I didn't make any money. There was a time I made scads of ridiculous money. Then there was a time I wasn't making that much money. And then there was a time where I made scads of money. Eddie, virtually inconsequential. I think the Little Miss Dangerous song and record... Tied up in love with Brian Housing and who went on with Bad Company. You can pinpoint, think in the 80s, I had Wango Tango, maybe the greatest, most outrageous sonic bombast in the history of noise. So, yeah, I mean, I've had all kinds of gazillion sellers in the, within the 40 million I've sold. Um, most of it was my solo stuff from 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, up until week, up through Weekend Warriors. But then the damn Yankees in the 90s, we sold 5 million records. So, you know, why am I going to tour this year? Because I love it. I got to pay the guys, so I got to make money, and my product is valuable, so people will, will be purchasing my product, so I can pay for the bus and the trucks and the crew and the band and everything else. But I've, I've all. The name of my last record, The Music Made Me Do It. 
That's my life. The music makes me do it. If I, if, I, I don't know, if I, let's say I got stupid and decided not to ever tour again, I would have a riot playing with a couple of guys here in Waco, Texas, just jamming at a bar. <laughs> so, but, but because there's a lot of people want to come and see this music and hear this music and watch what Greg and Jason and I do, we're going to go out there and we're going to have the greatest damn tour of my life. In fact, that's the name of Ted Nugent 2020, the best fucking tour of my life. And the music still makes me do it. And I, my only recollection, Eddie, was I was having a riot. I was playing my music and tweaking tones and experimenting with this brand new Paul Reed Smith guitar. And I got a 58 Les Paul, and now I got a 59 Les Paul, and I got another 65 Birdland, and I got these Magnetone custom amps that are like the old Fenders, and I get some of the old Fenders. It's, it's an absolute musical orgy every day of my life. And you're still, it's clear you're still having a great time even now into your 70s, doing this for decades. The tour is uh, kicking off July 24th, and you do that in Wisconsin, and the dates now roll through August, uh, the end of August, mid August 23rd. We're going to start in mid-July down in Florida, I think, and then we're going to go all the way to September 1st. So, yeah, and by the way, Eddie, thank you for celebrating my music and all the music that we love together. If it wasn't for the, a few of us left, like you, who celebrate the essence and the soul of this American rock and roll soundtrack, and a, a, a big, greasy barbecue thank you to all the real music lovers out there that have been hanging out with me through the Amboy Dukes and the Ted Nugent Bands and the damn Yankees, and that still come 29... For me to be able to tell you, Eddie, that 2019 was the most fun, intense, tonal eruption of my musical dream ever, and that in 2020, based on these amps and guitars and what, what Greg and Jason and I are doing, I guarantee, fucking tea, 2020, the best tour of my life, guarantee. All right, so mid-July... And runs through right now on your site, August 23rd, VIP packages, the Danger Zone VIP package. Everything is on tednugent.com. If you want to see real rock music, no bullshit, no laptops, no loops, no samples, no tracks, real rock the way it's supposed to be played, Ted is where you want to go, man. It's it's always awesome to see you do your thing. You mentioned damn Yankees. I can't let you go, Ted, without asking you because I get asked every time I, I say on the air I'm going to have a member of this band on about damn Yankees. Any movement, any dialogue with Tommy or Jack or Michael about doing anything at any point in any way? There is a cosmic electricity going wild through the airwaves of planet Earth where Michael and Jack and Tommy and I, we crave the opportunity to put a schedule together where we can all land in the same room together with amps and guitars and drums I get, and you know it's true because Tommy is just so soulful. He, Tommy is music. Jack is music. Michael is music, and I supply the venison. But if if we can possibly wrestle a calendar so we could get back together, I know all four of us would just 
love to do it. We express how much we love to do it every time we get together. And so the, I would never say no. I would say you're damn right. At some point, we got to get in the room, even if it's just to make one killer song. But what a great band, what great music, what great friends, what great what great blood brothers and, and work ethic American rock and roll legends those guys are. So yet I, I don't have any schedule in front of me that we've narrowed down yet, but I want to do it more than you want to see us do it. So we're going to try to do that ASAP. I don't know when, but as soon as we see we're going to all uh, get together in a single in a single room somewhere, I will call you Eddie Trunk first. All right, well, I'll hold you to that. And the last thing, clicking around your website while I'm talking to you, so you, everyone knows, or, or maybe they don't, but you have been sober your entire life, never, never drugs, never alcohol. But, nope. but you, you are selling on your website coffee, the nude Java. Tell me about that, because listening to you and the energy you have, clearly it works. So, so tell everybody about Nuge Java. <laughs> well, I never drank coffee until I was in my 40s. I, you know, hunting camp has always been a big part of my life. The Nugent family annual fall hunting camp is just a, just a monster family reunion. Just so much good cheer and so much love and, and, and connecting with God's delicious protein creatures, and every year at hunting camp, the, the, the aroma of, of frying bacon and coffee before the sun comes up, it's like you get high just from the smell of bacon and coffee, but I never drank coffee until I was in my 40s, and at some point I went, it smells so damn good, I've just got to drink some of this, but of course, never having drank coffee, it was a little harsh at first, so I added a, I added a dollop of real heavy cream, and it got to be more and more delicious, so now people are contacting me once I talk about hunting camp and the aroma of coffee, and there are mad scientists out there, Eddie, mad coffee scientists that won't roast the coffee till the barometric pressure is proper. I'm not kidding. They won't, they <laughs> won't uh, pick the beans till the atmosphere is proper. They, they, they have to have the right humidity before they grind the beans. These guys are nuts. So these mad scientists got a hold of me and go, hey, Ted, I got the killer coffee. Can I send you some to try? So they sent me some to try, and it was so delicious. They, they put my name on it. It's called Nuge Java. It's like rocket fuel for the soul. And I have a couple cups every morning with real heavy cream. None of this fake bullshit. And I just think it's delicious. So we put it on the website and people love it. Well, you can find out everything about the tour dates and uh, the Ted safaris and everything that Ted's got going on. The Camp for Kids, which you're still doing, right? I know you started that uh, decades ago at this point. Absolutely. And I thought I would mention, too, Eddie, that there's a wonderful, wonderful annual event in Michigan coming up this uh, on uh, the 5th, the 5th of March. It's the f annual Fred Bear Day at the uh, Grayling Eagles Hall in Grayling, Michigan, the annual Fred Bear's Day. And it's all the Fred Bear Blood Brothers, and they open it up with the Fred Bear song. And if anybody's in Michigan, Grayling on the 5th, is that Thursday or Friday? Whatever that is. Today's already the 2nd, isn't it? Anyhow, no, today, today's the 3rd, so if you're right, saying the 5th of this month, Thursday. So, so Thursday the 5th, 
the annual Fred Bear Day at the Grayling Eagles Hall in Grayling, Michigan. Unfortunately, I won't be there. I'm still down in Texas. But all the Fred Bear family and Blood Brothers and everybody who loved that great man, and they happen to have a song to celebrate Fred Bear's Day. So I wanted to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff, Ted. I thank you for the time. Everybody go to tednugent.com. All the tour dates are there. All the information, whether you're looking for the coffee, the hunting stuff, the, the live shows, the discography, all your Ted needs, just go to the website. And uh, like I said, go out and see Ted and hear that, hear that Birdland sing because nobody makes it sing like Ted. It's a great band. I appreciate the time, my friend, and I, I absolutely hope to see you soon. If you get to New York, come see me in the studio, and uh, I'll definitely try to get out there and catch one of these shows. You got it, Eddie. Thanks for supporting American rock and roll. God bless America, and God bless you guys, man. Thank you, Ted. Take care, buddy. Live it up. Well, thanks to Ted Nugent. That was a blast. Like I said, just get out of the way and let Ted go. He's got a lot to say. If you've never seen him live recently, he still brings it. It's a killer trio. They just come out and smoke. And uh, definitely highly recommend it. So thanks to Ted. Check out his tour. His dates are on his website, which is just tednugent.com. You can learn a lot about the various things that he does. A lot of great charitable work as well. It's all there on his website. The camps for the kids and all that sort of stuff also. Hey, you guys be safe out there, okay? And uh, please be careful with this virus and do the right things and be healthy. And I'll see you guys again next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media, especially on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the podcast. And I will catch you uh, next Thursday. Always free. Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and now on Spotify. Have a good week, everybody.